Section fifty seven of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part fifty seven. Of the Life of a Cheap John. The following narrative, relative to this curious class, who in many respects partake of the characteristics which I have pointed out as proper to the mountebank of old, was taken from one of the fraternity it may be cited as an example of those who are bred to the streets my father and mother said he both followed a travelling occupation and were engaged in vending different things from the old brimstone matches up to clothes lines clothes props and clothes pegs they never got beyond these the other articles were thread tapes nutmeg graters shoe ties stay laces and needles my father my mother used to tell me was a great scholar and had not always been a travelling vagrant my mother had never known any other life i however did not reap any benefits from my father's scholarship at a very early age five or six perhaps i recollect myself a poor little neglected wretch sent out each day with a roll of matches with strict injunctions not to come home without selling them and to bring home a certain sum of money upon pain of receiving a sound thrashing which threat was mostly put into execution whenever i failed to perform the task imposed upon me my father seldom worked that is seldom hawked but my mother poor thing had to travel and work very hard to support four of us my father myself and a sister who is since dead i was but little assistance and sometimes when i did not bring home the sum required she would make it up and tell my father i had been a good boy my father was an inveterate drinker and a very violent temper my mother i'm sorry to say used to drink too but i believe that ill usage drove her to it they led a dreadful life i scarcely felt any attachment for them home we had none one place was as good as another to us i left my parents when scarcely eight years old i had received a thrashing the day before for being a defaulter in my sale and i determined the following morning to decamp and accordingly with my nine pennyworth of matches the quantity generally allotted me i set out to begin the world upon my own account although this occurred twenty-five years ago i have never met my parents since my father i heard died a few years after my leaving but my mother i know not whether she be living or dead i left my parents at dover and journeyed on to london i knew there were lodging-houses for travellers in every town some of them i had stopped at with my father and mother i told the people of these houses that my parents would arrive the following day and paid my tuppence for the share of a third fourth fifth or even sixth part of a bed according to the number of children who inhabited the lodging-house upon that particular night my matches i could always sell if i tried but i used to play my time away and many times night has arrived before i thought of effecting sales sufficient to pay my expenses at the beggar's hotel broken victuals i got in abundance indeed more than sufficient for my own consumption the money i received for the matches after paying my lodging and purchasing a pennyworth of brimstone to make more the wood i begged at the carpenters i gambled away at cards yes young as i was i understood blind hooky i invariably lost of course i was cheated i remained in a lodging-house in mill lane deptford for two years discontinued the match-selling and having a tidy voice took to hawking songs through the public houses 
the sailors used to ask me to sing and there were few days that i did not accumulate two shillings and sixpence and from that to four shillings especially when i chose to be industrious but my love of pitch and toss and blind hooky always kept me poor i often got into debt with my landlady and had no difficulty in doing so for i always felt a pride in paying from selling the printed songs i imbibed a wish to learn to read and with the assistance of an old soldier i soon acquired sufficient knowledge to make out the names of each song and shortly afterwards i could study a song and learn the words without anyone helping me i stopped in deptford until i was something more than twelve years old i had then laid the songs aside and taken to hawking small wares tapes thread and so on and in the winter season i was a buyer of rabbit and hare skins i kept at this for about three years sometimes entirely without a stock i had run it out perhaps gambled it away and at such times i suffered great privations i never could beg i have often tried but never could i have approached a house with a begging intention knocked at the door and when it has been opened i have requested a drink of water when i was about sixteen i joined in partnership with a man who used to make phosphorus boxes i sold them for him a piece of phosphorus was stuck in a tin tube the match was dipped into the phosphorus and it would ignite by friction i was hawking these boxes in norwich when the constable considered they were dreadful affairs and calculated to encourage and assist thieves and burglars he took me before the magistrate at the beak's own private house and he being equally horrified i was sent to prison for a month i have often thought since that the proceeding was illegal what would be said now if a man was to be sent to jail for selling lucifer matches in norwich prison i associated with the rest and if i had been inclined to turn thief i had plenty of opportunities and offers of gratuitous instruction the separate or silent system was not in vogue then i worked on the treadmill dinner was allowed to be sent in on the sunday by the prisoner's friends my dinner was sent in on the first sunday by the man i sold the boxes for as it was on the second third and fourth but i had lost it before i received it i had always gambled it away for there were plenty of opportunities of doing so in the prisons then on leaving the jail i received one shilling with this i purchased some songs and travelled to yarmouth i could do best among sailors after a few weeks i had accumulated about eight shillings and with that sum i purchased some hardware at the swag shop commenced hawking and cut the vocal department altogether still i gambled and kept myself in poverty in the course of time however i had amassed a basket of goods worth perhaps three pounds i gambled and lost them all in one night i was so downcast and unhappy from this circumstance that it caused me to reflect seriously and i made an oath that i never would gamble again i have kept it and have reason to bless the day that i made so good a resolution after losing my basket of goods the winner gave me articles amounting to a few shillings and i began the world once more shortly afterwards i commenced rag-gatherer and changed my goods for old rags of course not refusing cash in payment my next step was to have some bills printed whereon i requested all thrifty wives to look out their old rags or old metal or old bones and so on stating at the bottom that the bill would be called for and that a good price in ready money would be given for all useless lumber and so on some months at this business realized me a pretty sum of money i was in possession of nearly five pounds then i discontinued the rag gathering not that the trade was declining but i did not like it i was ambitious 
I purchased a neat box and started to sell a little Birmingham jewellery. I was now respectably dressed, was getting a living, and had entirely left off stopping at common lodging-houses, but I confined my visits to small villages. I was afraid of the law, and as I was pursuing my calling near Wakefield, a constable inquired for my hawker's license. I had none to produce. He took me into custody and introduced me to a magistrate, who committed me to prison for a month and took away my box of goods. I endured the month's imprisonment upon the silent system. They cut my hair short, and at the expiration of the term I was thrust out upon the world heartbroken without a shilling, to beg, to steal, or to starve. I proceeded to Leeds. The fair was on at this time. I got engaged to assist a person from whom I had been accustomed occasionally to purchase goods. He was a cheap John. In the course of the day he suggested that I should have a try at the hand-selling. I mounted the platform and succeeded beyond my own expectations, or that of my master. He offered me a regular engagement, which I accepted. At times I would help him sell, and at other times I hawked with his license. I had regular wages, besides all I could get above a certain price that he placed upon each of the goods. I remained with this person some fifteen months, at the end of which period I commenced for myself, having saved nearly twenty-five pounds. I began at once the hand-selling, and purchased a hawker's license, which enabled me to sell without danger. Then I always called at the constable's house, and gave a louder knock at his door than any other person's, proud of my authority, and assured of my safety. At first I borrowed an empty cart, in which I stood and sold my wares. I could chaff as well as the best, and was as good a salesman as most of them. After that I purchased a second-hand cart, from a person who had lately started a wagon. I progressed and improved in circumstances, and at last bought a very handsome wagon for myself. I have now a nice caravan, and good stock of goods, worth at least five hundred pounds. Money I have but little. I always invested in goods. I am married, and have got a family. I always travel in the summer, but remain at home during the winter. My wife never travels. She remains behind, and manages a little swag shop, which always turns in at least the family expenses. THE STREET SELLERS OF CUTLERY the cutlery sold in the streets of London consists of razors, pen-knives, pocket-knives, table and carving knives and forks, scissors, shears, nail-filers, and occasionally, if ordered, lancets. The knives are of various kinds, such as sailor's knives, with a hole through the handle, butcher's knives, together with choppers and steels, sold principally at Newgate and Billingsgate markets and round about the docks, oyster and fish knives, sold principally at Billingsgate and Hungerford markets, bread knives, hawked at the baker's shops, ham and beef knives, hawked at the ham and beef shops, cheese knives with tasters, and ham triers, shoemaker's knives, and a variety of others. These articles are usually purchased at the swag shops, and the prices of them vary from twopence halfpenny to one shilling and a penny halfpenny each. They are bought either by the dozen, half-dozen, or singly, according to the extent of the street-seller's stock-money. Hence it would appear that the street-seller of cutlery can begin business with only a few pence, but it is only when the swag-shopkeeper has known the street-seller that he will consent to sell one knife alone to sell again. To street-sellers with whom he is unacquainted he will not vend less than half a dozen. Even where the street-seller is known, he has, if cracked up, to beg hard, I am told, before he can induce the warehouseman to let him have only one article. 
the swag shops won't be bothered with it say the men what are our troubles to them if the rain starves us out and makes us eat up all our stock money what is it to such folks they wouldn't let us have even a row of pins without the money for em no not if we was to drop down dead for want of bread in their shops they have been deceived by such a many that now they won't listen to none i subjoin a list of the prices paid and received by the street sellers of cutlery for the principal articles in which they deal readers note this table has four columns lowest price paid per half dozen sold at in streets highest price paid per half dozen sold at in streets which will be abbreviated to lowest price sold highest price sold end readers note table knives and forks lowest price one shilling and threepence sold at two shillings no pence highest price five shillings no pence sold at seven shillings and sixpence ditto without forks lowest price no shillings nine pence sold at one shilling and threepence highest price four shillings no pence sold at six shillings no pence pocket knives lowest price one shilling no pence sold at one shilling and sixpence highest price four shillings no pence sold at six shillings no pence pen knives lowest price one shilling and nine pence sold at two shillings and sixpence highest price two shillings and sixpence sold at three shillings and nine pence razors lowest price one shilling and nine pence sold at two shillings and sixpence highest price five shillings no pence sold at seven shillings and sixpence scissors lowest price no shillings threepence halfpenny sold at no shillings sixpence highest price one shilling and ninepence sold at two shillings and sixpence their usual rate of profit is fifty per cent but rather than refuse a ready sale the street cutlery seller will often take much less many of the sellers only pursue the trade for a few weeks in the year a number of the irish labourers take to it in the winter time when they can get no work some few of the sellers are countrymen but these mostly follow the business continuously i don't see as there is hardly one upon the list as has ever been a cutler by trade said one street seller to me and certainly none of the cutlery sellers have ever been to sheffield they may say so but it's only a dodge the cutlery sellers are not one quarter so numerous as they were two years back the reason is i am told that things have got so bad a man can't live by the trade mayhap he has to walk three miles now before he can sell for one shilling a knife that has cost him eightpence halfpenny and then mayhap he is faint and what's threepence halfpenny sir to keep body and soul together when a man most likely has had no victuals all the day before if they had a good bit of stock they might perhaps get a crust they say things within the last two or three years to quote the words of one of my informants have been getting much worse in the streets especially in the cutlery line i can't give no account for it i'm sure sir the sellers have not been half as many as they were what's become of them that's gone i can't tell they're in the workhouse i dare say but notwithstanding this decrease in the number of sellers there is a greater difficulty to vend their goods now than formerly it's all owing to the times that's all i can say people shopkeepers and all says to me i can't tell why things is so bad and has been so bad in trade but so they is we has to walk farther to sell our goods and people beat us down so terrible hard that we can't get a penny out of them when we do sell sometimes they offers me ninepence yes and often sixpence 
for an eightpence halfpenny knife and often enough fourpence for one that stands you in threepence three farthings a farthing profit think of that sir then they say well my man will you take my money and so as to make you do so they'll flash it before your eyes as if they knew you was a starving and would be sure to be took in by the sight of it yes sir it's a very hard life and we has to put up with a good deal a good deal starvation and hard dealing and insults and knockings about and all and then you see the swag shops is almost as hard on us as the buyers the swagmen will say if you merely makes a remark that a knife they've sold you is cracked in the handle oh is it let me see whereabouts and when you hands it to em to show it em they'll put it back where they took it from and tell you you're too particular by half my man you'd better go and get your goods somewhere else here take your money and go on about your business for we won't sarve you at all they'll do just the same with the scissors too if you complains about their being a bit rusty go somewhere else they'll say we won't sarve you ah oh, sir that's what it is to be a poor man to have your poverty flung in your teeth every minute people says to be poor and seem poor is the devil but to be poor and be treated like a dog merely because you are poor surely is ten thousand times worse a street seller nowadays is looked upon as a cadger and treated as one to try to get a living for oneself is to do something shameful in these times the man then gave me the following history of himself he was a kindly-looking and hearty old man he had on a ragged fustian jacket over which he wore a black greasy-looking and tattered oilskin coat the collar of this was torn away and the green baize lining alone visible his waistcoat was patched in every direction while his trousers appeared to be of corduroy but the grease and mud was so thick upon them that it was difficult to tell of what material they were made his shoes or rather what remained of them were tied on his feet with pieces of string his appearance altogether denoted great poverty my father was a farmer sir he had two farms about eight hundred acres in all i was one of eleven ten sons and one daughter seven years before my father's death he left his farm and went to live on his money he had made a good bit at farming but when he died it was all gone and we was left to shift as we could i had little or no education my brothers could read and write but i didn't take to it i went to birds nesting boy-like instead so that what little i did larn i forgot i'm very sorry for that now i used to drive the plough and go a-harrowing for father i was brought up to nothing else when father died i thought as i should like to see london i was a mere lad about twenty and so i strolled up to town i had ten shillings with me and that with a bundle was all that i possessed in the world when i got to london i went to lodge at a public house the red lion in great wild street and while i was there i sought about for work but could not get any when all was gone i was turned out into the streets and walked about for two days and two nights without a bed or a bit to eat unless what i picked out of the gutter and eat like a dog orange peel and old cabbage stumps indeed anything i could find when i was very hard put to it i was coming down drury lane and i looked in quite casual-like to ask for a job of work at the shop of mr bolton the needle-maker from redditch i told him as how i was nigh starving and would do anything to get a crust i didn't mind what i put my hand to he said he would try me and gave me two packets of needles to sell they was the golden-eyed ones of that time of day and he said when i had got rid of them i was to come back to him and i should have two packets more he told me the price to ask sixpence a paper and away i went like a sandboy and got rid of the two in an hour and a half 
then i went back and when i told him what i'd done he shook hands with me and said as he burst out laughing now you see i've made a man of you oh he was an uncommon nice gentleman then he told me to keep the shilling i had taken and said he would trust me with two more packets i sold them and two others besides that day then he says i shall give you something else and he let me have two packets of tailor's needles and half a dozen of tailor's thimbles he told me how to sell them and where to go and on them i did better i went round to the tailor shops and sold a good lot but at last they stopped me because i was taking the bread out of the mouths of the poor blind needle sellers what supplies the journeyman tailors at the west end then mr bolton sent me down to one of his relations a mr crooks in fetter lane who was a sheffield man and sold cutlery to the hawkers and mr crooks and mr bolton sot me up between them and so i followed the line ever since i dare say i shall continue in it to my dying day after i got fairly set a-going i used to make take good and bad wet and dry days together eighteen shillings a week three shillings a day was what i calculated on as the least and to do that i was obligated to take between two pounds and three pounds a week or about eight or nine shillings each day i went on doing this for upwards of thirty year i've been nearly forty years altogether in the streets selling cutlery i did very tidy till about four years back i generally made from eighteen shillings to one pound a week up to that time i used to go round the country to margate brighton portsmouth i mostly travelled by the coast calling at all the seaport towns for i always did best among the sailors i went away every springtime and came to london again at the fall of the year sixteen year ago i married the widow of a printer a pressman she had no money but you see i had no home and i thought i should be more comfortable and so i have been a great deal more comfortable and so i should be now if things hadn't got so bad four year ago as i was a-telling you it was just after the railways had knocked off work things began to get uncommon bad before then i had as good as thirty shillings or forty shillings stock and when things got slack it went away little by little i couldn't make profit enough to support me and my old woman she has got the rheumatics and can't earn me a halfpenny or a farden in the world she hasn't done so for years when i didn't make enough to live upon of course i was obligated to break into my stock so there it kept going shilling by shilling and sixpence by sixpence until i had got nothing left to work upon not a halfpenny you see four or five months ago i was took very bad with the rheumatic fever and gout i got wet through in the streets and my clothes dried on me and the next day i was taken bad with pains in my limbs and then everything that would fetch me a penny went to the pawn-shop all my own and my old woman's clothes went to get us food blankets sheets and all i never would go nigh the parish i couldn't bring myself to have the talk about it when i got well and out into the streets again i borrowed two shillings or three shillings of my landlady i have lived with her these three years to get my stock again but you see that got me so few things that i couldn't fetch myself up i lost the greater portion of my time in going backwards and forwards to the shop to get fresh goods as fast as i sold them and so what i took wasn't enough to earn the commonest living for me and my missus since december we have been nearly starving and that's as true as you have got the pen in your very hand sunday after sunday we've been without a bit of dinner and i have laid abed all day because we have had no coal and then been obligated to go out on monday morning without a bit of victuals between my lips i've been so faint i couldn't hardly walk i've picked the crusts off the tables of the tap-rooms where i've been to hawk my goods and put them in my pocket to eat them on the sly wet and dry i'm obligated to be out 
let it come down ever so hard i must be in it with scarcely a bit of shoe and turned sixty years old as i am look here sir he said holding up his foot look at these shoes the soles is all loose you see and let water on wet days i hawk my goods to respectable shops tap-rooms is no good decent people merely get insulted there but in most of the shops as i goes to people tells me my good man it is as much as we can do to keep ourselves and our family in these cutting times now just to show you what i'd done last week sunday i laid abed all day and had no dinner monday i went out in the morning without a morsel between my lips and with only eightpence halfpenny for stock money with that i bought a knife and sold it for a shilling and then i got another and another after that and that was my day's work three times threepence halfpenny or tenpence halfpenny in all to keep the two of us tuesday i sold a pair of small scissors and two little pearl-handled knives at sixpence each article and cleared tenpence halfpenny on the whole and that is all i did wednesday i sold a razor-strop for sixpence a four-bladed knife for a shilling and a small hone for sixpence by these i cleared tenpence altogether thursday i sold a pair of razors for a shilling clearing by the whole elevenpence halfpenny friday i got rid of a pair of razors for one shilling and ninepence and got ninepence clear i added up the week's profits and found they amounted to four shillings and threepence halfpenny that's about right said the man out of that i shall have to pay a shilling for my week's rent we've got a kitchen so that i can leave you to judge how we two can live out of what's remaining i told him it wouldn't average quite sixpence a day that's about it he replied we have half a loaf of bread a day and that thank god is only five farthings now this lasts us the day with two pennyworth of bits of meat that my old woman buys at a ham shop where they pare the hams and puts the parings by on plates to sell to poor people and when she can't get that she buys half a sheep's head one that's three or four days old for then they sell them to the poor for a penny halfpenny the half and these with three farthings worth of tea and a halfpenny worth of sugar a farthing for a candle a penny of coal that's seven pounds and three farthings worth of coke that's half a peck makes up all we get these items amount to sixpence halfpenny in all that's how we do when we can't get it and when we can't why we lays in bed and goes without altogether End of section 57